Wherever you are on your journey of faith, you are welcome here. We're the kind of church that believes this. Wherever you are, you're welcome to join us in the life of this community. So where are you? Where are you on your journey of faith? You may come here today as someone who's been grounded in your faith for years or even decades. Someone who's lived your life in the knowledge and love of God. Or maybe your faith is new. You've discovered the incredible love God has to offer for your life, and you're here to celebrate with this church community. Maybe your faith is in formation. You're being instructed and nourished in the Christian faith. Or maybe you're wrestling with your faith. Wrestling with where you stand in your relationship with God. Wrestling with doubts, either about God or about yourself. You may come here today suspicious about God. Maybe you're not sure if you really can buy this message of Christian faith. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, you are welcome here. Our website clearly states on the welcome page, come as you are and go deeper. The second question, the question that the scriptures beg of us today is, having come as we are to this place, where do we go next? Today our lectionary texts offer us glimpses into the lives of people at varying places in their journeys of faith, urging us to consider where we're going next and how we might go deeper. The lesson from the second letter to Timothy offers a profile in living out a steadfast faith. Timothy is a man of unwavering belief in Jesus Christ. At the beginning of the letter to Timothy, the part we didn't hear, but if you go all the way back to page one of the letter to Timothy, it is made clear that Timothy's faith is not only sincere, but it's been passed down from generation to generation. From Lois, his grandmother, and then from Eunice, his mother. Timothy may well have been a cradle Episcopalian had he been here in this room today. (laughs) Paul urges Timothy, continue in what you firmly believe. Know who you learned it from. I'll never forget when I was on a retreat as a new Episcopalian up at Holy Cross Monastery in Santa Barbara. Mother Karen McQueen, the associate priest at St. Paul's in Pomona, where I was attending church at the time, shared her faith with us that weekend in an extraordinary way. She simply taught us what she believed in. Her deep roots in the Christian faith and her spiritual nature seemed to just emerge from the ground of her being, who she was, It seemed like what she was sharing with us just extended out like branches that swept us up in the passion of the faith that she knew and professed and lived. So maybe your journey of faith is somewhat like Mother Karen's, long, deeply rooted. If so, know you are the grandparents, the parents, the sons and daughters charged with the call to witness to your faith. Your journey serves as a witness to those who have not known God and have not experienced faith as a stable reality of life. Your story 
and your journey is a vital part of this community. So the question for you is, what is your next step in faith? How can you go deeper in your already deeply rooted life? Maybe faith's been more of a pilgrimage for you. A long journey made to a sacred place. Maybe you've arrived on your pilgrimage. And maybe you're still journeying. Wherever you are, you're moving. Psalm 121, which we read together today, is a psalm of ascents. There are 15 psalms of ascent in the Psalter, starting with Psalm 120 and ending at Psalm 134. If you read through these psalms, you'll find that they'll take you on a journey through different stages of faith. Psalm 121 is one of three stages of vision, a first stage of faith. The psalms that follow express a second stage, consecration, a third stage, enjoyment, a fourth stage of enlargement of faith and of self in the presence of God, and the fifth, that of spiritual maturity. These 15 psalms originally served as songs sung by those who were on pilgrimage to Jerusalem. As they walked toward this holy city, they would ascend a hill, and they would anticipate what was going to come, and their passion and their faith would grow ever more fervent. On pilgrimage in England, right before I joined you all here at St. Wilfred's, I'll never forget encountering these worn-down stone stairs in Canterbury Cathedral. Canterbury Cathedral was founded in the early 7th century, so it's one of the oldest cathedrals in England. The architecture is overwhelming, even today, in the age of skyscrapers. Imagine what it would have been like to arrive at this soaring cathedral, this sacred destination, after having journeyed long through simple countryside, but perhaps harsh land. Those worn-down stairs at the cathedral, they lead up to the final destination for the pilgrims, near the high altar. As they ascended, they were often so overwhelmed by the power of God that they fell to their knees. The worn-down stairs serve as a testament to the power of one journeying on a pilgrimage of faith. So are you on a pilgrimage today? If so, what's the next step in your faith journey? How can you go deeper as you walk down that path? Maybe faith is more of a struggle for you. Wrestling with God or even the idea of God. Sometimes maybe you find yourself alone on the journey, wondering if God's blessing is really intended for you, or maybe even wondering if God is real. This morning we found ourselves at the heart of the story of Jacob in the book of Genesis. At this point in the narrative of Jacob's life, he is in a serious dispute with his brother Esau. Jacob has stolen Esau's birthright, and Esau's blessing from him. And he does it because he deceives him. He deceives his father, too. So for all he knows, his brother is out to kill him. Jacob has left his father-in-law's property 
He's brought his family, two wives, two servants, and 11 children through the wilderness on the way back to his family's home. On the way, Jacob gets his family and everything he has across the river before nightfall. And he stays behind, alone, in the dark. The next thing we know, Jacob is wrestling with the supernatural man, God in human form. And Jacob keeps winning against this man until his opponent throws his hip out of socket. It's then that God asks Jacob's name, and he renames Jacob Israel, commends how he has struggled, how he has striven with God and humans. Because Jacob struggled, it is out of this wrestling match that God blesses Jacob. Now, after this fateful wrestling match with God, Jacob meets his family on the other side of the river and leads them to confront his brother Esau. And Esau is coming forward with an army of 400 men. So Jacob lines his family up, prepares to battle his brother. And his brother runs down the field, and instead of battling him, he embraces him. It was not until Jacob struggled with God that he could realize that the enmity between he and his brother only brought strife. It's only out of struggle with God that Jacob could receive his brother's embrace. It's only out of the struggle that he could offer back the blessing. When we're honest about our struggles with God regarding our faith, when we seek to know and to understand, we ultimately emerge as people blessed by God. Are you struggling with your faith today? Maybe you're looking for a wrestling match with God. If so, what's your next step in faith? How can you go deeper in the struggle? Maybe your faith leads you to seek justice. You haven't encountered a God of love and forgiveness and fairness, and you seek that for others and for yourself. In this morning's gospel, we encounter the parable of the unjust judge. This judge has no respect for God, no respect for people. And here's this widow seeking justice against her opponent, and she keeps nagging him, going back, persisting faithfully in asking for what she feels is right. And the judge keeps refusing to hear her pleas, but she keeps coming back. After a while, the widow wears the judge out, and he says, fine, I'll grant you justice. If the persistent widow can wear down the uncaring judge, how much more readily will God respond to our persistent pleas? Biblical commentator Todd Mundo used the example of prisoner Andy Dufresne, character in the, the Shawshank Redemption, who's put in charge of the prison library. Every week, he writes a letter to the state legislature asking for funds to buy books for the prison library. After six years with no response, he receives a bunch of boxes of books and records and a check for $200. Along with all of that, he receives a note 
requesting that he stop sending letters. (laughs) So how does Andy respond? He starts sending two letters a week. (laughs) The example of the gospel encapsulates steadfast faith, pilgrimage, and struggle, all in the example of the widow's persistence. Her example reminds us to keep persisting when it seems like God doesn't hear our pleas, to keep persisting when God is distant, to persist when we're struggling and wrestling with God, and to nag, to go deeper, even when God is right there with us. We are called to seek faith, whether it seems to be in season or not. What is your next step of faith? How can you go deeper in your persistence? The gospel today concludes with a question. And yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Wherever you are on your journey of faith, you are welcome here. And being part of a church community calls you to a life of faith. But your beliefs don't have to fit inside of a mold. Your faith doesn't have to be like that of the person sitting next to you. You're just simply called to journey in faith. And you are welcome here. God calls you to come as you are, to be honest about who you are and where you are, and to go deeper together with this community. And Christ will not only find faith, but deeply rooted, multifaceted faith here on earth. Amen. Let us affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed, found on page 358. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, Light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For sake, he was crucified. again accordance with the scriptures he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the father he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end we believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord the giver of life who proceeds from the father and the son and 